clubhouse. Lord God, give us rain and a little luck and we'll do the rest. Amen. This is Steph. This is Sheila. And welcome to Pod Clubhouse. Coverage of Yellowstone Season 3. This is Episode 9, Meaner Than Evil. What did you think about this episode, Sheila? This was one of those episodes that went so fast for me because there was a lot going on and the action was back. Like this was definitely a throwback to season one, Yellowstone with all the action, going to the train station, beating up the bad guys. It was just very much uh, reminiscent of season one for me. And I really, really liked it. This one just, it flew by. I was like 48 minutes or it's over. Okay. I completely agree. It was really good. Action-packed. Very graphic for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Oh yeah. I don't like don't like all the blood, but I did cover my eyes. I think at two at points. At the teeter part, right? With the gaping hole in her yep. head. Yep. you could actually yeah. see into the head. Ugh. Yeah. Yes. And at the end, but well, I want to talk about the end later. But oh, yeah, and the end was good. Ah. I yeah, I covered my eyes. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to see what actually happened. It wasn't actually so bad until Colby started like cleaning it, and that's when it got worse Ugh. for me. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, agreed. But, yeah, Ugh. and the other thing I liked about this episode too was that we got a little bit of everybody. Yeah, you know, Jamie was in this one. We had Beth. We had Rourke. We had Rip. We had Monica Casey moments. So we haven't really had sort of that all in episode where, you know, so far every episode, someone's been missing. Yeah. You know, a couple episodes back, there was no Jamie and his story arc was taking an interesting turn and we didn't see any of him. So we got a lot of everybody in this episode too. So I was happy about that. We even got Tate and Gator. Yes. Gator was making biscuits. I know. And I was thinking, I was like thinking to myself, oh, he had more lines today. Yeah. <laughs> he actually got to say a few things. Instead of just chopping onions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking that uh, Rip was on the warpath in this episode. Like he oh, hell was to the pissed. Ass. Yes. Uh, oh. A couple times in my notes, I was like, he is sinister. He, and yes. I like, underlined it because it was just, especially the part when he was going to find Casey to bring him to see Walker. The uh-huh. look on his face was positively evil. He was pissed. He was pissed. So. He, he wanted answers. Yeah. So this was also a very different Rip than we've been seeing all season. He's been very much a mellower Beth. You know, yeah. very, very much tenderized by Beth. I'll, I'll put it that way. Falling um, in love. <laughs> yeah, so this has been a different side of him, you know, the last six or seven episodes. Mm-hmm. And then tonight, he just busted back out into his old character. So yes, that was a little surprising. I guess old habits don't die hard. Yeah. Um, or old habits die hard. Yeah, old habits die hard. Yeah, let's try that in English. So apparently, apparently we're going to have trouble speaking tonight. Oh, no. So bear Sorry, with us. <laughs> bear with us. We apologize in advance. I also like the fact that this episode was dedicated to Wilford Brimley. That was the last uh, title card that we saw. Yeah. He just died last week at the age of 85. And he was called a dedicated friend and a cowboy. And I just thought that was a very nice, classy touch. By yeah, the show. for sure. All right, you ready to dive in? Yeah, let's. Um, I want to talk about Jamie. Jamie. Because we, like you said, we've kind of dropped off the radar with him a little bit. And also, we were kind of surprised that he didn't have such a explosive reaction to learning that he was adopted. Like, I think we both could see Jamie having a meltdown. Like, he's had a few moments that he's lost it. So I was kind of surprised to see that he wasn't in the past few episodes. But this episode, I figured he was going to go see his dad. I think we called that. 
So I wasn't surprised to see that, but he did seem very emotional. He seemed angry. I don't know if this is a good thing for Jamie to go see his dad, but I think him asking for answers and seemingly getting them was good for him, I think. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to get out of the meeting with his father all the things that he's maybe imagined it was going to be. Right. But I think hearing that side of it, too, is good. Versus letting your imagination run wild. And and having no opportunity for closure. So I think exactly. ultimately he's going to get something out of the meeting with his father. I just don't know if he's going to get everything that he wants out of it. Garrett Randall seems to be a very stoic kind of a man of few words to me. So well, I don't... yeah, he seems yeah. Hardened, hardened and... I was actually surprised that he was out on parole, I guess. Uh, I, I wasn't sure how long premeditated murder would go away for. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Drug-fueled uh, premeditated murder, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that he got the opportunity to go. I was a little curious and want to get your take on why do you think Jamie introduced himself not as Jamie Dutton or Michael Randall, but he said, I'm the attorney general. I was just getting the feeling that he needed that status to be presentable to his dad, you know? Yeah, if, to me, it felt like he was there on official business by <laughs> saying right, that he was but... the attorney general. But I also feel that it might be the only title that he feel that he's earned. Yeah. Uh, I, that, that's the way I kind of thought about it. I'm like, why else would you introduce yourself in your official capacity? Like, I would never walk around saying that, hello, I work for, you know, so-and-so. <laughs> that wouldn't be the first thing that I would say. So I was just interested to see, you know, your take on on why he did that, because it does it, that it, it doesn't seem like it's a personal visit. It seems like I'm here on behalf of the state of Montana. I mean, he knows already sort of where his dad is and sort of like, what's the word, like status? Like he knows this guy is like not going to be in a nice house and he's a criminal and he's a murderer. Like he, so I feel like he needs, like he knows where that. Like he had uh, a preconceived notion about him already? Yeah. So he was yeah. trying to come off as like maybe better than him or okay. coming off as like, I've done this without you. Like here I am. You know, like you said, it's the only thing that he's sort of qualified as currently. So it's like maybe him trying to look worthy or better than him that's a good question i did think it was weird that he introduced himself like that and his dad was proud of him for that he says you know look what you've made of yourself yeah. um you like maybe have... he wanted to hear that maybe maybe that's like the validation that he needs from this but when he first walked away and he was so angry pounding the car and he went back and he decided that he needed to have more of a conversation mm -hmm. um i, I felt that was the emotion that's been missing in this complete story. He's just yes. not been, he's not been reacting exactly much. It's been very much shock, really. And so I was glad to see that he is feeling something, that he's letting that out. So um, yeah, I agree. And then he went back and it's like, I need, I need to know more. I need to know you. I don't think he's going to like what he finds, though. But I think it's closure. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a long-lasting relationship. No. And I don't get the feeling that they're going to be going out weekly for breakfast, you know. Yeah. Um, but exactly. I I did also like the casting. I thought Will Patton. I was just going to say that, yeah. Yeah, Will Patton as uh, as Garrett Randall. I thought that was a really good pick. And when they when he was looking at the, um, the inmate record when he was in his office, and he looked at the, had the young picture of his father, I guess, going into prison, uh -huh. um, I was like, Wait a second. I know him. Like, I, did. I, I had that... I recognize the actor right away. Well, I didn't know 
oh, that's Will Patton. But I was like, hey, that like you have that sense yeah. of familiarity because you recognize him from so many things. Right. So, I mean, I yeah. didn't I didn't know his name. I had to look in the title card, but I, I knew I could say he was in Armageddon. He was in Remember the Titans, you know, yes. a whole bunch of movies that I was able to, to name him. He's a great character actor, great supporting actor. Uh, and I thought he did a really good job as uh, as Jamie's dad here. I loved him in Remember the Titans, but I loved that movie. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a great one. We'll see how this pans out for Jamie, but... Yeah, this was definitely its own little standalone in the episode. Yeah. It, was, it was plunk like right in the middle. So. <laughs> I don't know that it has much further to go, but yeah. I'm glad he met his dad, and, and then I'm glad his dad was not totally just like, you Slammed know... Slammed the door in his face. Yeah. Yeah. Get away from me, so... I'm sure he's curious. How could you not be? Yeah. Imagine, I, I can't imagine having a child out there and not knowing about him or her. Well, he's, he did. He knew he, he was like said John Denton shouldn't have told you. So he knew where he was. Yeah. No, but you know, like as the life goes on, you know, to yeah. know about your child or things like that, I would definitely want to know. Exactly. I wonder what Jamie's going to learn from this because he said, you know, I want to see if I recognize anything of myself in you. So I wonder if he's going to recognize anything. Maybe. I don't know. I think that Jamie, like that whole thing with the reporter. Yeah. I think that's really sticking with him. And maybe he thinks that that's because of where he came from. I know. It's like the defending Jacob. But he uh, also got that. (laughs) Do you have the murder gene? Well, he also got that if that's, you know, what we're talking about. He also got that from nature and from nurture, if we must be. So he didn't stand a chance. Exactly. (laughs) Or that reporter didn't stand a chance. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. Sad day. Uh, So the only other unresolved story arc for Jamie is the pregnant. I know. That is bugging me. So I, I feel, I don't know. Because I've gone back and some of our predictions have come true. We we were wrong about Teeter and Colby. That's fine. I'm glad we were wrong about the two of them not making it out of the river. But we were right on other things. So I think they put this story arc in this episode because she's coming back in the next episode. Because the next episode is the season finale. So yeah, that's my daring Jamie prediction. (laughs) Okay. I I do hope we find out what happened with that. Because that's just too big a loose end right now to... I I want to know. <laughs> so, also, I was really excited to see Willa and Beth in the same room. Yeah. This was so, I loved this part of the episode. I was so happy that we finally get to see them in the same scene. And I felt like it was way more fulfilling in terms of drama or whatever than the Angela Blue Thunder meetup. Like, we wanted that oh, to be a little bit more agree. juicy. And this was that for me. This was electric. The way that Beth came at her, you're in my chair, you're at my desk. Yeah. To me, this was the perfect showdown. I agree. And the way that Willa framed it, you know, basically <laughs> cutting her down, like you had your fun and you, you cost my shareholders billions. I just thought it was really, really well done. And how, as much as Willa's annoyed at Beth, she's also very impressed by her. Yes. You know, she said, when the sting fades, you need to call me and you could do very well working for me. <laughs> And as Beth is walking away, she's pointing at the air. And she's like, I like her. (laughs) I know. I really liked that part. I laughed. I did. Yeah. Um, Because it mm -hmm. felt genuine. You know, it was just very, um, it was very much a genuine statement coming from Willa, knowing all that they've gone through to this point to finally have like a face to face. I think it confirms for her, her hunch or her notion about Beth. Yeah. But uh, this was my question. Does Beth now being untethered to Schwartz and Meyer make her more dangerous? Probably so. And I loved what Beth said when she was 
defending herself and clearly, you know, she messed up for Schwartz and Meyer, but she was like sort of standing her ground about it. Like, you know, if you if you know you're going down, you go down fighting. You're going to take everybody with you that you can down with you. So I kind of liked that she said that and was like just standing up to Willow saying like, well, yeah, I, you know, yeah, maybe this isn't working out the way I wanted, but I'm going to take down as many as much as I can with me. So and Willow said she respected that too. Like she understood that. I like that about Beth. And then I liked what she said at the end of the conversation about like the sting doesn't fade with me. She's not going to get over this. She's not going to like just, yeah, I do want a job with you. Like, let's be friends, especially with John not wanting to sell. And I think that Beth is going to be like pretty dangerous at this point with whatever she can come up with. I mean, she's pretty vicious, I think. I also feel in thinking about it now and just actually just in talking to you about it, that Beth does consider all scenarios. She's a smart woman. She sees the chess moves down the board. Perhaps this is what she wanted. For some unknown reason to us right now, but she might have done this intentionally to be in this position to leverage something. Mm-hmm. I think it's premature of Willa to say that Beth hasn't counted on this scenario. Like, this is not something that Beth's going to get caught out. Yeah, I was kind of wondering that myself because I thought the same. Like, Beth does think about the possible outcomes. She does plan ahead for what could happen. Because I was wondering, like, her. is this, yeah, I mean, is this her mistake and it didn't go the way she planned or... You know, I was kind of curious about that, that, but I didn't, I couldn't form it into quite the sentence that you just did. Like, maybe she did plan. I didn't think about it quite like that. But I also did have that thought in my head, like, I don't know that this, that she didn't see this coming, you know? Right, because several encounters back with Rourke, he says, we can buy Schwarzenmeier 15 times over. Yeah, so she knows. So that seed's already been planted, and she has to know she was going to poke a bear with short stocks, that there was going to be some repercussions. So... Potentially, this is what she wanted. It'd be interesting hmm. to see how this plays out. But I don't think that this is a faux pas on Beth's part. I don't. Well, the only thing is that made me question that was the fact that now Market Equities owns all that land that Schwarzenegger bought around the ranch. So that's bad, right? Yeah, that is that's really bad. bad. That was what's sort of making me question whether Beth really knew that this was coming or thought that that could be the outcome. Yeah, because Beth also didn't have a reaction. I was, I was watching her face. I was like studying it. And the, yeah. she, she let nothing go. She has a really good poker face. She really does. Mm-hmm. Um, I would lose my shirt. I would lose my shoes. Yeah, I would lose, me too. <laughs> I would lose the deed to my house playing poker with Beth. <laughs> Yeah, I lose my cute little blue-eyed baby boy. (laughs) (laughs) She's Uh, yeah, and she's vicious enough to take all that from you. Yeah, she would. Oh yeah, she would. She was absconded with my kid. Sure, he's got a dimple too. Those are weapons of mass destruction. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, But yeah, no, she let nothing go. So I'm, I'm just. It's just a theory that I had that this might have been intentional on her part because then she could do some dastardly deed Hmm. and not be constrained. By any uh, conventional norms, I guess. Right. That's a good point. I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah. We'll have to wait another week. Actually, you and I only have to wait two more days to find Yay. out. <laughs> I know. This was, but this showdown was really good. Yes, this was I very loved satisfying. It. So with market equities, we find that we're back with Rourke. We find out that he is behind Wade Morrow causing yeah, the ruckus. I was, I was a little surprised. I, I, I just didn't know where Wade was coming from. So I just didn't. I thought it was a beef between cowboys. I didn't think it involved market equities. Yeah, I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was as sophisticated as having market equities attached to it. Exactly. But I did think it was a clever move to have John's nemesis there to push all the buttons. 
Uh, so yes. well. How did they know? Well, I, I guess this is, Just... you know, they have the opposition research. So I guess they figured mm. these things out. I don't know if the Dutton Ranch has a payroll that gets published <laughs> in the Montana journals. I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. I, uh-huh. I, I get the feeling that it's not. No, I don't think so. But while Rourke was talking to Wade and Clint, he was saying that he was looking for things for John to do that he could use in court. Yeah. Because he was looking to further push John's buttons, do you think that Rourke was making this personal or was this still about business? That's a good question because how would Rourke know that Wade Morrow pushing his buttons would make it even more delicious? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's, I think somehow he's figured out that he needs this guy to mess with John in right. order to push like, him to the edge. Right. Like this is making John a little bit more unpolished. Yeah. Cause if it was some other rando cowboy that just rode up, yeah, he I, would still be annoyed and, and like fighting back or whatever, but he wouldn't be that pissed off about right, it. Right. Like, Cause with John, this is personal. Oh yeah. And somehow they found that out. That's a good point. How did, how did market equities know that? I don't know. But Rourke was pretty steamed the last episode. So that's why I'm like, (laughs) you know, that poor laptop took a beating off his counter. So that's what I was just wondering. I was like, maybe this is a little too personal for Rourke now because I think he feels professionally embarrassed by Beth. And this is his way to get back. Again, it's going to be a little bit more polished than than the Beck approach last season. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I just feel that he was pressing Wade in a way that there was no coming back for somebody. That's true. Yeah. So. Uh, and they kind of said that, like, you're messing with John Dutton, you know? <laughs> right. But. And Wade, Wade knew what he was up against. He goes, it's, it's John Dutton. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, don't know about this. But I kind of thought that was interesting that Rourke was thinking along the lines of taking him to court over something. But that was probably the only way that market equities could really, like, fight John Dutton, I guess. Like, they can't, like he, they're not going to ride out into the field on horses and rope him and drag him through the sagebrush. So <laughs> they're going to have Wade Morrow do it, but I don't know. The end game was court. I don't know. I thought that was a little interesting that they said that. Well, you and I had said that early on in this season. We're like, well, well this isn't really going to play out on the, the yeah on the like, ranch field. This is going to be in a, in a court. You know how Jamie said a million times, like, they're just going to drag you into court. This is going to take forever. They're just going to take your money, like, fee by fee. <laughs> yeah. Penny by penny. So is that what this is about? Like, just finding a reason to take him to court? But, but you're I mean, right. It seemed more personal at this, this point. That definitely felt personal. But, I mean, good foreshadowing on Wade's part. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We'll get to him so, later. I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we only saw Rourke for a minute, but so there now we know that he's stirring, behind. Yep. Stirring the shit pot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're going to take Rourke to the train station next. Maybe. <laughs> I doubt it. Doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't pissed off enough cowboys directly. No, not really. And <laughs> Rip doesn't know who that is, so. <laughs> Mark, what I could use what? <laughs> All right, we're done with Rourke, so we'll move <laughs> on to Monica and KC. I thought it was interesting that you and I, because when we share our notes back and forth, we were like, Monica and Casey. Now we're just lumping them together. Well, yeah. I really liked how this started off with them, the conversations that they were having. So are you picking up on anything different between these two since Monica's mission? Yeah, a little bit. Although, I I don't know, this whole conversation about Tate and his school and what he can learn from the ranch, it just, 
I don't know. I either didn't quite understand what they were getting at or it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So I want to hear your take on their conversation. So I thought that the part where Casey was telling her that the only cure for the soreness that she's feeling is, is sleep and time in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was a little bit more open on his part, which I thought was very new. Because he's been there from... He, exactly. And it just felt that he didn't need such a filter with her so that I think the doors are opening a little bit that they can be a little bit freer in sort of the uglier parts of their personality or their past experiences. So I like the fact that it just seemed a little bit less strained between them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's what I picked up on in terms of that. But in terms of the homeschooling, I wasn't sure where that was really going because Monica doesn't seem to be on board with John. I know she likes the fact that he's taking an interest in Tate, mm-hmm. you know, playing baseball with Tate and eating with Tate and playing with Tate and all the things that she rattled off that John's been doing with him. But when Casey laid it bare, saying that everything that he needs to know to to learn the ranch is right here, because if he's going to run it one day, I don't know if she's on board with that. Right. I agree. I feel and... there's a little too much tension still there. Well, and then she said... Well, I can't be his teacher. I ha- I am a teacher. I have a job. I'm not ready to give up my career yet, like this and that. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Can we just talk about how 2020 that whole conversation was? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I've had that conversation, like, yes, last week. So yes. <laughs> same here. We had to opt in or out of school for September. So, um, yep. you know, I have a job. I have a full-time job. My husband has a full-time job. Yeah, very, very exactly. on point Yellowstone, even though you didn't know that that was going to be <laughs> such right. a, a subtweeting conversation such here. Such <laughs> a sore subject for so many people. For so many. Um, um, sorry, but, go back okay. to your point now. <laughs> yeah, so she's saying all those things, like, we're going to meet the teacher, he's going to school, I, ha- I have my own students to teach, I have my own career. And then Casey just sort of says something about, like, everything he needs to know he can learn from the ranch. And then she just seems to agree, like, immediately. And I'm thinking, but Monica doesn't want Tate to learn all the things that he's learning from the ranch. And I don't either. Like, I don't. Absolutely. And she's put the nail on the head in the coffin, however you want to phrase that. When she, he said, uh, Casey said, well, my dad never spanked me. And she goes, yeah, he just put his brand on you. Right. I That was the most scathing of all scathing statements that she could have made saying that I am not okay with this. But I think he caught her at just the most tired moment of her life. And mm. she was just like, fine, fine. She was climbing yeah. into bed, pulling the cover. Like, I don't care. I mean, as much as I love Casey and Monica and I love seeing them in their relationship, this conversation just rubbed me the wrong way. I just don't get it. I don't understand how she was saying that. And then she seemed to agree to homeschool. She said, oh, we're not going to meet the teacher. Is that her agreeing? I don't think the conversation's over. I think this is just like her way of tabling it for right now because she's like, "I I can't. I'll just talk to your dad and we'll see where this goes. And she can just gloss that over and say, it just didn't work out the way that I thought it was going to. I don't know. It just... It kind of bugged me, honestly. Yeah, it was just, it was too quick mm-hmm. a change in her principles for yes. me to be okay with this because this is very anti-Monica behavior. I agree. It just didn't sit well with me. I'm like, I don't, if she, if that is her just agreeing, like, I, I'm not okay with this. Like, no, we need it, to talk about this further. I'm, no, I have a point like that. Like, I have bullet points for you, Monica, of how we need to go yes. over this and how is this going to work because Tate does not need to learn like how to, what how he's to learning put a brand on somebody. Yeah, he needs to learn algebra. I don't know why, but he does. 
The only time I've used algae in my whole life is when I had to figure out the diameter of a pipe and there was radius and circumference. And I was like, oh, I used it once. Great. You're like, oh, I used to, I used to learn this. Yes. Yeah. I like, I do see Casey's point a little bit, but my overarching point in this conversation is that Tate does not need to learn anything the ranch is teaching him in terms of behavior and morals and like what's right and wrong and how to He's handle business and yeah I mean no so I it just seemed like she immediately agreed to switch her position and that bugged me yeah I, I don't think that that's a firm decision on her part okay I just good don't. I hope you're right because I was not okay with that yeah, I mean, it was just very much of like, uh, okay, I'll, I'll talk to your dad about it. It was just... It was it was pacifying. Yeah, and okay. she was just exhausted. I feel that she was just exhausted and getting into bed, and I feel like when she wakes up later and she's refreshed, she'll be like, what the hell did I just agree to? No. Yeah, exactly. John Dunn, teach my child. No. <laughs> right? That's another point on the bullet list. <laughs> exactly. John Dutton is also not a qualified teacher. <laughs> Even if he is kinder, gentler, it's still not, you know, somebody you want teaching your child necessarily. Yeah. I mean, he does so, have good life lessons, but not for a 10-year-old. Maybe you're right. Maybe she just was exhausted and needed a break, but. I think so. Yeah, it just I mean, was no, too quick. Yeah. Nobody wants to go school shopping and meet the teacher all on the same day anyways. So I feel you on that one, Monica. So I have a Casey question for you. Okay. So when Walker is brought back and Rip is looking quite sinister, Casey tells Rip that he may have killed a lot of men, but he's not a murderer. Right. Did that stick out for you as as a distinction that Casey needs to make? Yes. I think that's a distinction that Casey needs to believe about himself. I agree. Yeah. Because he said as much to Monica that he needs to believe that, you know, she believes the good parts of him because if she believes the bad stuff, then that makes it true. And he said that the last episode. So I feel that the fact that he's bringing it up again, I just feel that he needs to make this distinction within himself. I think that he's having some some crises of faith and yeah, not sure possibly. what's what's bringing it on. Because like everything in his life seems to be kind of stable. You know, he's not bringing bulls into bars. and um... <laughs> <laughs> Although that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. I know. We haven't had like a big moment like that uh, this season, but that was definitely uh, something. But in terms of just where he's at, like, I feel that he should be in a better mental place. I don't know. Maybe this thing with Monica has made him start questioning things again, like his family's safety. I'm not sure. But uh, Mm -hmm. I just felt the fact that it was brought up again as a distinction was was worthy of sort of our discussion. I liked that he said that. And I it did stick out as like something he felt he needed to say. Right. And, you know, the reason that he let Walker go, I guess, as good a word as any I can find right now, not take him to the train station, take him to a literal train station, was that he wanted to prove that he was different. Right. That he's not cut from the same cloth necessarily, even though he is a trained warrior that he is different, that he can think critically and mm-hmm. make decisions differently. So um, so I feel that that was an important distinction. And I like the fact that he didn't justify himself to Rip because I think Rip was menacing him for yeah. that. You, you got that too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that I feel like Rip was waiting for like the reason why. Like, why is yes. that problem still breathing? And Casey didn't give it to him. So I respect Casey a lot for not going there. And I Rip. respect Casey for the way he handled that conversation in the barn with Rip and Walker about like, okay, well, we got to figure this out because like you got two options to, you know, join us or, or die. So like, help me help you, you know, like right. he, 
I liked that he sort of involved Walker in that conversation. But I am so happy to see Walker back. Yeah. So I'm I so happy he... that he didn't just immediately go to the train station. I did not think that he was going to see the light of day once I Rip didn't and either. Lori got hold of him. But I did like how Casey handled it with with Walker and Rip in the barn. I feel that that was a very John Dutton lesson that he learned. Yeah. I'm not going to make the decision for you. You guys need to handle it. I'm not going to be the one to come up with the solution, even though I'm the one that created the problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By not taking care of it the first time. But I just feel that that was a very mature move on Casey's part. I agree. Good on him. I liked it. Well, I just like Walker because I like Ryan Bingham. He's a like singer-songwriter. And what did you say he had on Instagram? He's... What was, what, oh, okay. I have his his profile pulled up. And so he, he just has a bunch of like live videos where he's singing. But I, the love, last thing, I love his voice. I love his singing. I do too. The song he was singing at the beginning was so good. Yeah. Um, but he has a selfie sort of. It's, I don't know if it's quite the selfie, but... And he has that the white barn with the Yellowstone Y behind him. Okay. And all it says is hashtag not dead yet. Oh, that's Like there's awesome. not even any comments or anything. Just not dead yet. So I love that he's he does post about Yellowstone on his page too. Yeah, so. that is awesome. But I liked how much dialogue he had and sort of thinking through that and like, well, he's like, do you want to come back here? And he's like, hell no, I don't hell want to come no. back. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do not want any part of this place. And I like, too, when they ask him to do something that he doesn't want to do, he, like, sort of reasons out. He's like, well, today I'm karma, and I, you know, whatever. He's oh, I can't. Oh, later on when he says about, I guess I'm karma today. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. I just like all those little comments he has, and I like when they give him so much dialogue, and I just like his character so much. They give him a lot of poetic license. Yes. Um, I, you know, when he was talking to Casey and Rip in the barn, he said, this place is a magnet for all that's wrong with the world. Like, yeah. who says something like that? Right. <laughs> and then Casey shot right back at him. Well, you ended up here again, didn't you? Yeah. I agree that the fact that they gave him so much dialogue was a chance for him to kind of explain himself a little, but not really say like where he's been in the intervening months, but just sort of his take on where he's at right now. Mm-hmm. I liked that, that the the part about the magnet. And then later on when he's karma, uh, I just thought that was a really great welcome back for him because he did have so much of a presence the last season until he got almost taken to the train station yeah (laughs) do we know uh why he was in prison in the first place it was murder right but it was like kind of accidental i think he got in a fight manslaughter thing yeah Yeah. because he seems to be i was like listening to that conversation he had in the bar at the beginning with the girl and he mm-hmm. was just so like has such sad. a negative view of himself and so sad and he's just like nothing about me you should want to ha- have anything to do with and he kind of has that same tone throughout the whole episode like I am like down and out yeah. yeah he's just so he doesn't have a very high opinion of himself right now and I and he sees too like where he's at as part of that too like well I mean I ended up back here you know yeah, he was not he's not been uh, shy about how much he hates the Dutton Ranch. So, but I think he's got a respect for Casey, and I think that's mm-hmm. ultimately going to save him. So ultimately, so now that Walker's back, do you trust him to do the right thing? They've threatened him numerous times. He knows a lot. Do you trust him to stay loyal to the Duttons? to stay loyal? Like, like, what's your gut say? I don't know. I think so because, like, he's seen what they're capable of. But also, he's so down and out on himself that I could see him sort of not caring if they kill him. I feel like Rip might have planted an idea in his head by saying that, you know, what happens the next time you're in a bar fight? 
and the only thing you can use to leverage your freedom is is us. Yeah. Like, I feel like maybe you just planted a seed that maybe wasn't there before. I don't know. Just when Lloyd brought Walker to, quote unquote, the train station, right, to, to dump their wares later on. I just got this bad feeling. I don't know. I, don't I know. did not think Walker was coming back from that trip. Yeah. It's like, why bring him to the place where he was originally supposed to go? I like the I fact know. that they showed us where the, the train station was. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we got Lloyd's soliloquy on, mm-hmm. you know, what that was about, you know, how the West was won. I just, anytime Lloyd tells me a story, I'm down for it. I agree. But it just felt, I just got a very bad sense when they were driving into Wyoming and they were doing what they needed to do off of that cliff. I don't know. I don't trust him to fulfill his end of the bargain. I just feel that he's a bit of a loose cannon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just remembering back what he did last season. He was basically stopped working, complaining all the time. I, I just feel that a lot has intervened. And he's not in tip-top shape. So I'm not sure that he's fully trustworthy. He's just not about it. Like, he doesn't really want any part of this. Yeah. I think he yeah. just wants to sing and make music and not be a cowboy. And right. regrets ever finding the Dutton Ranch. I agree. I, so also, okay, that sparked another random question. So John had this whole conversation with uh, Rip and Casey about the problems they're having on the ranch. And at the end of that conversation, he says um, to take that piece of shit to the train station. I thought he was talking about Walker. Oh, no, I thought it was Wade. Wade. Okay. I, I did. Think I, I mean, they were talking about Wade, but then he saw Ryan and he was like, what's that guy doing back here? So I was like, uh, I don't know. Maybe he meant both, you know. But you didn't pick up, you didn't think that? Just curious. No, I didn't. I didn't. You know what? I'm trying to think. I guess I didn't have an opinion on it because Mm -hmm. I just assumed that they were talking about Wade because he was talking about a plan and revenge. Okay. So that's what, I guess I didn't have an opinion. I didn't have an opinion on it. I mean, that's where I thought the conversation was. But then since he had seen Walker and sort of questioned, that was like problem number two that they were talking about. I was like, oh, did he mean take Walker to the train? I didn't know what he meant, like to get rid of him or... Does he care? Or, right, because know. Rip was saying about the them wanting revenge, and but I I did I do have to admit, and then I'm not a psychopath. I'm really not. I did <laughs> cheer a little bit in my seat when John said, "Take him to the fucking train station." I was like, yeah. "Yes, we haven't <laughs> had that in a long time." Sure. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, let's talk about this whole like first thing in the morning. We got John and Casey and Rip and these two problems. What they way didn't to get to finish up. their breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk a second at how offended Gator was I that John didn't want any tasty bacon. <laughs> I know. He made biscuits. He made, I mean, that looked really good. He those, had all kinds I of yummy stuff. I would not pass up on those biscuits. Mm-mm. I would not. And he like ate Cocoa Pebbles or whatever with Tate. <laughs> He's like, are you serious? But that was sweet. Like, that's a sweet jaw moment to like eat the nasty cereal your 10-year-old grandkid wants to eat. Right. But John does mention to Gator that he's going to skip breakfast because he slept in for the last time, he feels. That was mm. a very dark statement. Interesting. Did you pick up on that? No, I don't. Because I, I rewound it back. So I'm like, what did he say? He's like, I, I feel like I slept in for the last time, I feel. Huh. Yeah, that's a weird comment. Yeah, so I'm just Like he that feels he's... the war coming on. Like yeah. Like he's going to have to get busy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't that know. Thing, things are coming to a head. 
It's like almost like he knows that it's episode nine. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> no, it just felt like a very, it was a very dark statement. And then Tate comes in just to kind of lighten the mood. So I was like, all right, maybe John can yeah. refocus. Okay, so we got, first thing in the morning, we got Teeter and Colby, like, barely hanging on, wobbling up to the ranch. Yeah, they're not looking good. What's your take on John and Rip and this whole plan? In terms of them actually executing it or John just prepping no, them for what they yeah, need to Yeah, prepping do. them and like like his – I'm surprised he wasn't at, more involved, I guess, is where – Yeah, I, I thought that's what you were getting at. I, I feel that this was John's way of saying that like you guys have to handle this. Like I'm not going to be around forever. Mm-hmm. I'm getting this very final sense from John. Like he's, yeah. he's shutting down a lot of doors. He's shutting down a lot of windows. And I just think that this was his way of saying, you guys need to handle this. I'm not going to be involved. But Rip, that piece of shit has something that belongs to me and I want it back. Oh, that was very menacing. Like, oh, my gosh. Were you surprised to know that we were right? Yes. <laughs> I was like, damn it, we are so good. <laughs> yes. Like, what else could a cowboy possibly have that John would want? Oh, he's right. got the brand. He's got the brand. He's got the brand, so. So what do you think about John, like, already knowing that Wade was hired? Because it seems like Wade and John had their own beef. So how do you think he figured out that Wade was the hired menace? I think he just kind of figures it out on the fly. I don't think he knew that right before the conversation with Rip. I think he just put all the puzzle pieces together, seeing what happened to Teeter and Colby with the meeting Wade in the field with Clint with the buffaloes. I think that he just started putting all the puzzle pieces together, figuring mm-hmm. out that he had to be hired. I don't think that he knew ahead of time. Yeah, because he said, like, he's not a buffalo herder or whatever the word yeah. is. No, that's the word. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. And they chased down Teeter and Colby on the Dutton side of the fence. So that's Right. Yeah, that was, like, that was a point that got made, that it was on our yeah. side of the fence so that they were trespassing. But yeah, so John, I think he just figured it out that there's no way that Wade was there accidentally. There, there was no coincidence that he was herding buffaloes on the fence right. line of the Dutton Ridge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For any other reason than market equities. So what do you think about this takedown? This was crazy. This was what I was waiting for all season, yes. I'll be honest. I loved it. I loved this gathering of the troops and they're all like loading their guns and it was like holy shit something right about the to go whole down. the whole setup to this was perfect you know mia and laramie walking back in i was like yeah we haven't seen them in a while this literally this this episode literally had everybody in it yes that was a very classic send-off i felt even though she was like this place is losing its luster but laramie mm-hmm. laramie is thirsty for for walker oh yeah she sees a poet there <laughs> I like and Jimmy was more serious like you could see it on Jimmy's face like he's upset and she's like what's going on and he tells her to leave like that's not really kind of Jimmy's personality so right and then Rip echoes it you know you guys need to steer clear of here I feel like Jimmy's maturing a little bit when it comes to being a cowboy and understanding ranching and all of the uh, attachments that come to it so I want to know how they got those horses to lay down. Can I tell you that my note for this right here, I said this is the sexiest move on TV in 2020. <laughs> oh my God. With the horses and like Rip is up on the horse in one. Yes. Like, the way that like he was one like, second. I was like, this is like the absolute sexiest move because like he was like apparently like straddled on the horse and like once the horse got up, he was he was ready to go. And then how yeah. Rip and Lloyd came out from one tree line and then the rest of the Wranglers came out from the other tree line and they merged together. I'm like, the cinematography on this is yes. on 
point. I was like, this is amazing. It was so good. And yeah, so I was definitely cheering for this. This was, again, a throwback to season one. This was very masterfully done. Yes. And yeah, I don't know how they got the horses to lay like that. I was like, dude, are they okay? I didn't I was know like, what was I going thought, on at first. I know. I was like, do horses lay down? Like, I, I don't know. I was like the same thing. I'm like, do, I was going to ask you. I'm like, do horses lay I like I don't that? know. I mean, I am from Texas, but I don't have a horse. So <laughs> You're just I don't closer know. to them yeah, in I general. Mean, but uh, I drive by horses regularly, but I don't have Yeah, them. I don't ever remember like horses laying down much. <laughs> I feel like anytime I've seen a horse in a stall, they're always all standing. Yeah. But I guess they do. Yeah, sure. Um, and I guess if Lloyd is, you know, patting you on the neck, I guess you're laying down. But this this was a perfect setup with Walker and Clinton and, and Wade just think that they've they've got him like, oh, it's just one dude. Let's we're getting paid to stir up trouble. Let's go stir up some trouble. Like, I love how they like made Walker the bait. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this poor guy. He was like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, he really was put out in front for a lot <laughs> this episode. Oh, yeah. But the lassoing, the fact that they were trying to lasso Walker and then just like it was everything cowboys do, like yeah. all in one scene, like the it riding. Was so and good. It was so, so good. Very satisfying, I do have to say. Um, I agree. I like and they're Lloyd. like shooting at him. Like Wade is like shooting behind him as Rip is like lassoing, lassoing him. him. <laughs> like Rip's not even scared of his gun. He's like, ah. It's like, don't bring a gun to a lasso fight, friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I definitely think that Clint got off easy by just getting treed. Yeah. And, uh, and Lloyd was just like, Lloyd getting was treed. disappointed. <laughs> He's getting like, a rock in easy. the back of the head. Yeah. Then the whole scene with Wade. Oh, Jesus. So cringe. I was like, oh, I was cringing. I yes. literally was peeking through my fingers like, oh. There's look. two things I sincerely cannot stand. One of them is like if somebody is like stabbed on screen, like – I thankfully mm-hmm. I don't see stabbings in real life but like a stabbing and like a noose around the neck those are the two things Ugh. that make my my stomach churn so um, you don't like the handmaid's tale then <laughs> sorry <laughs> I, mean, I watched it but you know not, uh, well just, nobody likes that yeah, nobody but it, it's it's like the one thing that will make me cringe so when I saw that the noose was around Wade's neck I was like oh dude this is just gonna be not good for you See, the noose around the neck doesn't bother me nearly as much as carving off the top of his chest. Yeah. Thankfully, they didn't show us that. I mean, I figured they were graphic enough with Teeter. I I thought for sure we were going to get something. But we did get enough to see that Walker was grabbing. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, okay, we'll stop. We'll yeah, stop. yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, though, like, did, is it my imagination? Because I really did close my eyes. I'm not exaggerating. Was there, like, a ripping sound? Yes, there was. Oh, 100%. God. A hundred percent. It was disgusting. It was so bad. Well, that's... Oh, that's yeah. Yuck. Oh, my God. Yeah, I it's gross. Can't, I can't. I can't. It's like, okay, well, you know, we've already watched it. It's in the past, so we're good. Oh. <laughs> it was so... It was bad. But so good. Yes. And but I do feel so... that... I want to get your take on this. How scary did Rip look in the scene when he was talking to Wade at the tree? So scary. He... Like, the look in his eyes... Like, I mean, he had sunglasses that, on, but I could still tell, like, how... Oh, intent. I thought he didn't at the, um... Oh, that... You know what I was noticing when he was doing the brand? But, yeah, so, yeah, you're right. He had sunglasses on with Wade. But, yeah, I mean, he was... Like, this is... I put Warpath. Like, he was... Yes. So mean. It was It was a very <gasps> older version of Rip that we saw Yeah, It was definitely not the kinder, gentler, tenderized by Beth Rip that Mm-mm. we've seen. 
He he had the sinister look earlier when Casey came in to find Walker. Yep. The brand scene was definitely like the, the scary look in his eyes there. This was definitely like Rip was the scene stealer. Yeah. For this episode. I agree. What did you think about them making all the bunkhouse get the brand? I mean, he had, like he said, you know, you wanted revenge and you got it, but now you have to pay the price. Like, this is big. Because I got the feeling that, you know, there's maybe one or two cowboys on the ranch at any time that have the brand, like, right. in the past. Right. Like, this is not a group effort type of thing. Right. Now it's almost like if there's you don't one or have two it. guys that know what's really going on. And then now they all know. Right. And now they all basically can't leave and can't talk. But I mean, like, I feel like Teeter, poor Teeter. She's gotten her own girl. brand, you know. She got a horse trampled on her head and a big yeah. gash, you know, from it. So that did uh, sort of look like a horseshoe shape of yeah. It was definitely gash. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm not sure like what the benefit is to having all these people having the brand. I mean, it just shows that they're up to a lot of no good. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing more people, more warriors into this fight, I guess. Right. And Wade had John pegged earlier on when he was talking to Rourke. He said, you know, I'm not, you're not going to be the one that's dragged through the sagebrush. And what if he gets more Wranglers? So they're basically oh. building an army is what I yeah. look at it as. That's true. And Wade was spot on with knowing what was exactly going to happen. They got more Wranglers and they got more people that they can trust. And that was a, quite a show of force coming out from the tree line to chase down those two Morrow idiots. Yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah, I mean, like, when you're dealing with the Beck brothers, you just got Rip and Casey. You know, like, there's not a whole lot of people involved. And now you've got, like, the whole ranch. Yeah. Like, in on this sort of secret society, so. Right. And I don't know how they would keep that kind of secret because it's a bunkhouse. It's not like they have, like, individual bathrooms. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was an interesting scene, but Rip was definitely kind of scary with that brand look on his face. Oh, my gosh. Definitely. And I was just surprised at, like, how not healed it looked on Ryan and Colby. Like, it looked still very raw. Well, they just got it. Like, like that night. Year. No. So, tonight, we got... Ryan didn't have it already? I'm sorry. You're talking about Ryan. You're talking about... No, he didn't. Only Walker Only and Jimmy. Only Walker and Jimmy. That's and... right. And... Rip, I didn't, I still haven't really figured out officially if Lloyd has it, but you would assume it because he's taken people to the train station, you know. Right, I assume this Lloyd is, has it. I think, yeah. I feel like he might have been one of the originals. Yes, I feel like, so. I feel like that's true. So. I have a question. Yeah. Does John have it? I'm trying to remember back no. from his stomach, like he got that aneurysm last season, right? Yeah, let, how come John doesn't have I it? That's to say, why doesn't Come on. Like, I feel like he should have it first. Like, if you're going to do it to other people, you need to have it done, <laughs> yeah. friend. Agreed. Okay. Let's brand John. No. <laughs> it's hard to keep no, track I, of who's got the brand or not. But no, yeah. I thought so tonight. I thought Ryan and Colby and Teeter and there's like kind of always that other guy. Jake is it Jake? Jake. Yeah. There was another guy that they showed, and I haven't really like seen mm-hmm. his face before. Another like young guy. But so I feel like this was like all those people got it tonight, like at one time. I don't know. That feels a little crazy to me. I, I, first, I figured because Ryan already had it because he was a livestock agent and he'd already done some nefarious oh. things. But yeah, it looked fresh. They yeah. made it look like he had just got it. So Yeah. So the only other thing that doesn't really sit well with me is this last conversation we saw between John and Casey mm-hmm. about what's been going on on the ranch. And Casey seems to kind of need to talk about it, you know. And John's like, you don't talk about it. But I always like these little commentaries or what are they called when you go on a tangent or a diatribe? What's the word? Like when you go on a little spiel? Yeah, a little spiel. Okay. I always like these little spiels that John goes on sort of 
passing down wisdom. Yeah, like you know, the moral reckoning. <laughs> yeah. So I like when he has these sort of moments, but I did not like what he was saying about having to be meaner than evil. And like, there is so much evil in the world and he's right about that. But having to become the kind of person that is even worse, but yet still come home and like have dinner with your family. Like, I don't want Casey to become that, you know, and I don't want Tate to live that life. Like, I don't like that John is like sort of leading his kid <laughs> to this like evil place. It just didn't make me feel very warm and fuzzy. You know, I, I agree with that statement because it's almost like he's asking Casey that you need to compartmentalize mm -hmm. your life so that this way you can be meaner than evil. And then you can also enjoy a sunrise and love your family that you need to learn how to be this person, but you have to be able to lock up that. I don't think that's a good skill to no, have. I don't. <laughs> that's my, this is why I don't want Tate to be homeschooled by these people. Like, no, I don't, I don't want this. But also you've gotten a large sum of money that's basically been dumped at your doorstep. And you're keeping it because you kept a, you want to keep a promise. Is the promise worth basically ripping your son's soul and your grandson's soul into pieces? Turning them into something that's meaner than evil? For what? I don't, yeah, I don't think that that, <sighs> but John also said something that this was his last lesson for Casey. Again, we're getting this very final mm -hmm. kind of moments with John. Not that these are final moments, but he said. Right, to, but it feels like Yeah, that. it feels very, that he's hanging his hat in a certain way. Like, I don't know. Is he planning to retire to Florida? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. But um, maybe he wants that. 25 year old with the condo and the Corvette maybe maybe <laughs> um you know because he had the conversation earlier with Gator saying that you know I yeah. slept in for the last time what feels like ever and this is my last lesson to you and I wrote down last lesson in my notes my last lesson question mark so I don't know what that means yeah. I'm just I'm still kind of confused because John's given no further insight into why he's opting to keep the ranch when obviously this is such a losing proposition. And so many times in this whole season, he's made those comments of like, I'm getting tired of fighting and like, I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy my summer camp, you know? Yeah. Like why, why, why are we still fighting then? Because he wants to keep a promise. He made a promise that he wants to keep, mm. which makes zero sense, but I don't know. Not um, on board, John. It was a, but it was a very unsettling conversation, almost as unsettling in certain ways as the Monica Casey conversation earlier. Yeah. That is just, I can't really say out of character, but out of step with where he's been this season. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, don't, I did not like it. Yeah. I feel that when he had the conversation with Beth about keeping the promise that that was definitely the old John coming back. Yeah. That I'm going to dig in my heels and I'm going to make the decision and nobody's going to talk me out of it. And this was definitely like throwback to the not kinder, gentler John. Yeah. I don't know if Casey's going to I don't think do Casey that. can be that. I don't want him to be that. He doesn't want, he doesn't want to be that. Well, he's already been that, right? Yeah, he's already he been said that person. That he, like this is why he's saying like I've killed or be killed, but I don't want to be a murderer. You right. Know? Like, and and that is a distinction that is important to him. So I don't think yeah. that Casey follows this philosophy. Yeah, it does not sit well. But it's like it's frustrating because I just like why do you like John so much? And when he talks and when he's with his kid, like you like, I like that scene and I like him in it. I just don't like what he's saying. You yeah, know? <laughs> I know. I don't it's know. It's like, I still like John, even though. I he does some not. underhanded kind of things like this. Yeah. Why? Why do we like him so much? Don't know. I guess yeah. that's the je ne sais quoi of the show, right? <laughs>
<laughs> it is. That's what I love about the show. It's so good. On to teeter. Teeter talk. Yeah. Let's finish off the with our teeter talk. The teeter talk. <laughs> because we have talked about her a little bit. Yeah. But, but she does get her own corner every week. We have to, we cannot deviate from tradition. Yeah. I was surprised to see them like crawling out of the river or whatever that was. I was very happy I'm, to see that. I'm glad that they made it. Because I thought for sure one of them wasn't going to make it. Colby is like fixing her up and yeah, they have, they kiss. Can you believe yeah, that? Yeah. So what does it signify? I feel like this is, we just survived something super traumatic and like near death and now we're like, like life is too short kind of thing. I don't think he's suddenly romantically interested in her. I think he just feels that connection now and that moment of like, okay, we just survived this. I don't know. I just thought it was like a good moment to kiss, I guess. I don't know. You're <laughs> bleeding from the head. Like, let's just kiss while we're at it. But she's, <laughs> even in that moment, she's so funny. She's like, well, that wasn't so bad, was it? <laughs> <laughs> and you, you should have, you know, been with me when I still had a face. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Like, I just like that. She's still got to get that little comment in. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be teeter if it wasn't, you know, some smart ass right. remark. I do hope that they get something more skilled than a vet to look at her. No, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe a neurologist. She was very unsteady on her feet. Well, very, very. No, nobody did like the finger test, like follow my finger, you know. I've seen Days of Thunder. I know how to do these things. Okay, but was it like later in the day that she's like riding a horse yes. and a posse to so like it was attack? All the same day. <laughs> yeah, like. So clearly she's fine. She didn't even have a headache. Yeah, she took the bandage off. <laughs> the bandage only lasted, what, three, four hours tops? She's a badass. Yeah, come on. Like, you're riding out in just in dirt. You can just keep the bandage on. Keep the infection <laughs> rate down, please. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, she is definitely something. And yeah, I love it. She's like, she's not missing out on this fight. Like, she's got to go. Yeah, she was like, oh, I'm not going to miss this for the world. Do you think she regrets going on that trip now that she has the brand? <sighs> well, I she's definitely not somebody who's going to shy away from a fight, and especially when it was her life on the line. I, I think she definitely had to be there. That's true. They went after yeah. them because of what was done to Colby and Teeter. So right. I think if they knew that there was going to be a price that Rip was offering beforehand, I, mm-hmm. I still think they would have done it. I, I, I do too. Yeah. I still think they would have gone after Wade and Clint. I mean, that wasn't cool of Rip to kind of spring it on them after the deed was done. But, um, right. <laughs> it's like, uh, there's a price to be Suppose. paid afterwards. <laughs> I guess it's like getting the check at the restaurant at the end of your dinner. You didn't see the prices on the menu ahead of time. That's my, that's my great <laughs> yeah. analogy here. Oh my gosh. But I, you know, <laughs> does her having the brand change anything for for them? I don't know. I, I'm assuming she's the first woman to have the brand. Oh yeah. Does it change anything? I think yeah. I feel like she's gonna walk around the bunkhouse with her top off <laughs> as it's healing. Because <laughs> uh, where'd she come from? She just sort of oh she came from the she was ranching the, the like job fair job fair yeah. thing. I'm just trying to think in terms of her character, like if it really changes anything about her other than I mean she's always seemed. The kind of person, like you just said, who's like in for the fight. So I don't. Yeah, like with I biker think several episodes in. back. I think she's. I think it just gives yeah. her like a place to air herself out a little more, <laughs> air out her yeah. personality a little bit more. <laughs> right. As if that's possible. So yeah, I mean, I think she's up for the brand. I think she's capable. Right. Of wearing the there brand, was no protesting. Yeah, but I think I think she's going to appreciate the fact that they did have her back, and even though they were. Not very nice to her in the beginning. That this will have a better sense of camaraderie among them. I think that they'll look at her less as a pariah in the uh, in the bunkhouse, and they'll just uh, <laughs> be like, "All right, she's one of maybe. us. Maybe one of us. Maybe Colby and Teeter will have another moment alone. Maybe 
There's only 48 more minutes left in the season. So oh, that's true. That's a lot to cover. That's a lot to minutes. cover. I feel like we're going to cut out some people. I thought Jamie had his moment here <laughs> with oh, his dad. True. I can't believe that the next episode is the last one. No, I'm not ready. So I do have a final thought, though. The music, I don't know if you noticed the music in this, besides um, Ryan Bingham's song earlier on in the mm-hmm. in the episode. But the music was really on point for me this episode. And I did notice it last season, more so than season one, that the songs that get chosen, the ballads and, and whatnot, the lyrics are usually very relevant to the scene, if you're mm-hmm. paying attention to that. Because I, li- I watch everything with closed captions. But obviously, when we have the screeners, we don't get that. But yeah. I do pay attention to the songs. And the song that was playing towards the beginning of the episode when everybody was getting up was a song called This Way of Life by Garrett Bradford. And the lyrics were about this way of life is dying, but it ain't dead yet. And this, I feel it was a call. It was basically as the lyric was saying, this life ain't dead yet was when John was waking up. I don't think that that was an accident. I did pick up on that song and I really noted that I liked it. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, I want to know, like, I need the playlist for this season. Oh, somebody always puts it up on Spotify. You can just, you know, search Yellowstone and someone always puts up the songs. But this is what Beth basically said to John during the conversation where she said, this is $500 million. We can have 50000 of it tomorrow morning. That she, But she said to him, this, this way of life is on its way out. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that that was a very interesting placement of a song with those lyrics. I did notice the music. I definitely liked the Ryan Bingham song at the beginning. But I yeah. hope he... I was going to look later and see if he posted that song anywhere because I wanted to hear it. He probably will, probably after the episode airs, I'd imagine. Maybe he'll sing it for me on Monday. <laughs> you know, on Instagram. Yeah, just for you, though. <laughs> yeah, just for me. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who she's like a huge Ryan Bingham fan. So when he was in the bar last episode, she texted me. and She was like, oh, my God, he's back. Yeah. And I was like, ain't Z-. dead yet. <laughs> I was like, mm, I'll say a word. <laughs> yeah, She'll be I super know. excited to when, to, uh, when she sees, sees this episode. Now, yeah. Yeah, people have been asking me, too. They're like, well, what happens? I'm like, I can't tell you. You got to watch. Then you got to listen. I don't know. Yeah, just play dumb. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Actually, this week it was easy because I was like, well, we didn't get to watch it until Saturdays. I know. (laughs) Don't do this to us next week, Yellowstone. They better not. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I cannot wait to see what happens. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited and nervous. And And nervous. Yeah, I got to say, there's just been a lot of foreboding and foreshadowing and a lot of buildup. So I'm just, I don't know. Market equities better look out because Beth is unhinged. Yep. Angela Booth Thunder is coming back because we haven't seen her now. Oh. And we haven't seen Rainwater. There's going to be some confluence of people here. Nice. But I'm excited. I can't believe there's only one episode left. Also signaling the end of summer. Hey, at least they're already filming season four. So yes, I'm know. very happy about that. It's underway and it's yes. going well apparently out there in Utah. We cannot wait like a whole year. Like I mean, I think it will be a while, but at least we know they're filming because I feel like some of our favorite shows aren't even filming. Yeah, I haven't heard anymore, anything about so. some of the other shows. So I know. Um, but yeah, so. the fact that this is filming and we're like okay, June 2021. Yeah, All that's right, a long time fine. from now. Fine, I'll wait. But I'm excited. Okay. But we'll do this well, one more time at least. Yeah. So I'll meet you here very soon again. Hope you guys join us to listen to our last episode. Let us know what you think of these episodes and the season finale. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Yes, definitely. Five stars, please, on Apple Podcasts would be highly, highly appreciated. So this is Steph. And this is Sheila. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.